Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verlum 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Corey. And I'm Shirley Heyman. This edition of The Parents Show on Radio Verlum today is highlighting the issue of the trauma linked to adoption. You might not even realise that there is such a link between those two, but that's an, uh, an area we want to explore tonight with our guests. Now, while the adoption, you know, of a baby or a young child is cause for great celebration in many families, the emotional turmoil and the problems that can often reveal themselves later in teenage years, um, you know, within that adopted child can be overwhelming for the adoptive family. When that beautiful, longed-for baby was placed in their arms, I guess the adoptive parents often chose to push the thought of anything not being completely happy ever after to the back of their minds. However, there are many families out there who are struggling with the adoption experience. There will be a lifelong impact and indeed trauma for some adopted people. And those who live with them and educate them need, of course, professional guidance and help to support their adopted loved ones. So in this edition of The Parents Show, we're really fortunate to have two of those professionals on hand to share their extensive knowledge and advice. Later in this edition, we'll hear from Zara Phillips, a multi-talented speaker, author and musician who specialises in helping teenage adoptees struggling with addiction and adoptees of all ages in their reunion journeys. Using lived experiences and her knowledge of the whole adoption experience, Zara helps to helps educate professors, uh, professionals and families who are struggling with the adoption experience about the lifelong impact and the trauma some adopted people experience so they can better help their client, student or child. Now Zara will talk to us about the impact of adoption on our physical and emotional well-being and she uses her own life story as a reference. So um, and from from a difficult childhood through to drug addiction as a teen and becoming sober whilst on the road as a musician, possibly, possibly the hardest place to get sober. So we're really looking forward to Zara towards the end of the show there. We're talking about trauma linked to adoption and our first guest tonight is going to be Dr. De Sulueta and I'm sure if I've pronounced that incorrectly, Felicity will um, correct me. Felicity is a consultant psychiatrist in psychotherapy at the South London and Maudsley NHS Trust and an honorary senior lecturer in traumatic studies at King's College London and Felicity specialises in the treatment of people suffering from complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So she's exactly the person we'd like to hear from tonight. Felicity, good evening. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to you the parent show. You got my name show. very well. Oh. Dr Zulu, they used to call me. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Can we just start by saying, you know, some of our listeners, Felicity, won't have heard of the term attachment disorder. Of course, of course. So could you just kindly briefly explain what experiences cause that and how might it manifest itself in a teenager's daily living yes well that is late on well attachment disorder what it means is basically uh, when we're born we are born with a need to attach to a parent like all mammals mm -hmm. we uh, survive by attaching to a parent who then is supposed to look after us and make us feel Exactly. With babies, with human babies, we're very vulnerable when we're born. We're born 
perhaps too early, really. And uh, our, the whole biological, our body, the way it works, our hormonal systems, all that, need the presence of a parent who is looking after us and caring for us and loving us and talking to us and making us feel special in order to develop our brain so that it can then later on interact, deal with stress, and all these things that make life worthwhile. Right. And uh, when that can't happen for various reasons, either because we're separated through war or because our parents, unfortunately, had a very tough time themselves as children and therefore can't do look after us properly and they may be neglectful or abusive, then that whole system is like a computer program that is not... Uh, properly uh, prepared for life. So these children have vulnerabilities and that is uh, probably children who have been adopted on the whole tend to be children who've come from families which uh, have got very serious problems in that area of looking after each other and looking after their babies and so on. So this is what attachment disorder is in its most simple way. Thank you and can you give us some of the ways that that sort of manifests itself then as the children grow up? Yes, well, first of all, the, the earlier the separation from a parent, the earlier the damage done by a parent, the more troubles you have. So one of the big ones is being unable to really cope with stresses. In mm. other words, our emotions, you know when little babies are born, how stressed they get when they're not fed yeah. or when something goes wrong, they go blue in the face, they're very distressed. And the parent comes and soothes them physically and by the voice and looks and by the eyes and so on. And the little cat, child feels comforted and they begin, to, that, they begin to take that on board and they begin to be able to do it more themselves. If they haven't had that, that's going to be one of the big areas and they can't control anger, they can't control feelings of shame, of pain, of loss. Mm. So they're very vulnerable to all the stresses of life. That's a very serious problem. Then also, they also have a sense that if your parent, the first interaction that's the most important in your life with your parent, you know, or your parents, is one that doesn't work, where the parent isn't there for you, you will have a sense that people aren't there for you. That will mark your life, and you will expect the repetition of that in your, with people whom you get close to, with your family or with your boyfriends, with your people in the outside world. And you begin to have these repeated experiences, let's say, of rejection or of being upset or hurt, whether somebody who'd had a nice upbringing with uh, all the comforts of having a good parent wouldn't have that that reaction. So those are vulnerabilities that happen. The later, the earlier the damage, the more powerful those situations, those experiences are. And when when you say early, Felicity, how, how early is early? Well, our brain is really the main stuff that goes on in the brain. The main programming of the brain is actually in the first two years of life. So we're talking about infants. So can can even just say a one week old, two week old, it, can it can it feel that kind of loss, sense of loss? A two week old might be less if it suddenly lands in the lap of a lovely, caring family. So that little two week old may not have had a very bad series of experiences. 
but let's say a six-month-old will because it will be been in the ha- you know experiencing again and again whatever it was abuse neglect neglect is actually the most powerful one so they may not have had the emotion when their needs when they had needs physical or when they were frightened when they were hungry when they were needing a parent there was no one there that can really mark them and make them very vulnerable later on when they are taken over by a family that wants to care for them but may not realize that there is a wound there from early on Mm. and can that wound ever be fully healed oh yes that is the big message i have it can and the earlier the the problem is i think that um i know it because i've had it in my family in some my cousins you adopt a child, the person who adopts a child wants to give all their love and bring up this lovely kid in the best possible way. And doesn't really, I think often that those parents don't really want to think about too much about where that child has been before. That the fact that that child may have had six months of hell or a year of hell or whatever before. So they want to give their love, but what they find is that in giving this love and this care, which is really wonderful and demands a lot of effort and energy and calmness and so on, they find the child doesn't respond as they expect. The child is difficult. Things go wrong, and what have I done wrong? Well, you haven't done anything wrong. The problem is that that child has a wound from the earlier damage because one of the most extraordinary things that is difficult to understand, but once you've understood it, then it makes sense of everything, is that when we are rejected by our parents, by being hurt, by being neglected, by being abused, by being told we're rubbish and all these things, paradoxically, that makes our need for that parent even stronger. So you want to have a parent because you feel frightened you're going to lose. If we don't have parents, we die. So our biology that we've inherited, the attachment system, is parent pushes you away, go for them even more. Start, you know, follow, you want them more and more. So the little kid who arrives in a family that is um, wanting to give them love and has come from a family where there wasn't enough love will actually want an enormous amount, but won't want it from the parent, the new parent they've got. They will want it from that old parent. They will be traumatically attached to their original parent. Which obviously makes no sense whatsoever. Can you, can any amount of therapy or rational thinking help? a lot of therapy can. Um, There is, in fact, a new therapy come out Uh, called the Video Interaction Guidance, which works exactly on the areas that are damaged through trauma in early life. And this Video Interaction Guidance is a very interesting thing, and it's now promoted by the NICE guidelines. The NICE guidelines are what the English, uh, uh, you know, the system of care and health care and so on, have decided are good treatments to be offered to people in certain, whatever their different sufferings are. And the NICE guidelines promote video interaction guidance, which happens to be based on working exactly on 
that capacity to love and to attune. Attune is a rather a very important word, but it means resonate with your with the other. It means really allow the other to be part of you. You know, to respond in a like a musical instrument that tunes in with another. Mm. Now that is difficult to acquire, and. If you, uh, this therapy actually through using the video enables parents of all different backgrounds, whatever their culture, whatever their, their own origins, to learn to attune to their baby just through looking at videos with somebody who helps them to see the wonderful positive things they're actually doing and enhances the positive and just lets the negative go by. So the parents through these interviews being videoed with their babies or their little child or their adolescent is actually then views with the therapist, sits down and looks at the videos of this and then the therapist and the videos are taken only of the good moments. So what they see is all their successes. And that has a wonderful effect because they begin to see that they are successful, that they can get it right. The child is happy when they do this and that. And through this therapy, which is not long-lasting and which is very cheap compared to most and which is now available in NSPCC but also in many, many centers in the UK and which is cheap compared to everything else, parents with adoption issues can go and have help that they need in by which they begin to access the heart of the problem in their child. So if a teenager would be doing this, does the teenager then not go and watch the video with the parents? It's oh, just... yes. If a teenager oh, is do. involved, of course, with a little baby, you can't do that. No. But with a little toddler, perhaps not either. But as soon as the little child becomes a thinking child that begins to reason and want to, then yes. And the teenagers are very important that they're involved. And they may need, you know, and they're respected and they're given freedom to speak their minds and they express their problems and that is and it's through this wonderful work which i've uh, witnessed which i'm beginning to think is now the treatment for trauma okay. um and uh, i think i'm being it's the results are showing that what i've seen is showing that that is probably the case because it's going for the real trauma is a damage to the attachment system in our capacity to tune in with others otherwise we're in a bubble of our own making mm and attached perhaps to a parent in our mind that is no longer there but who hurt us and for whom we expect love and this and we don't know not responsive to the parent who is in front of us who wants to give it to us it must um felicity it must be incredibly difficult for the new parent um i mean no i think no amount of resilience can can get you through that process of you know adopting a child loving a child and then not being fully accepted by the child. Yes. In fact, there are several uh, adoption services that now are working immediately on the fact that on, the, on parents realizing that their children have come from a damaged background and, and helping them to take that on board right from the beginning. That's without even the video interaction guidance treatment. But with, if these parents can just say, what that I've taken on is a wounded child, and a wounded child has got a background that I need to take into account in order to get through to my little child and make them happy. 
even if it means realizing that they have had that wound, you are then so much better off because then you just move ahead. There is that it just solves so many issues. But you know, it's difficult for many parents to do that. And the more help and the more encouragement parents can get to, to take that step. And the wonderful thing about video interaction guidance is that it goes for the positive. So you don't have a sense of failure. You don't have a sense that you're stupid because you can't do it. You don't have a sense of any of that. You just have a sense, oh, gosh, I do have within me the capacity. I just need to learn the various mm. instruments to get there. Mm. So do you think it's important that adopted teenagers get to meet that birth parent that, you know, isn't around anymore at some stage in their, in their life? Or does it not really I matter? It is can well. I think it's something to be done when you've got it right with your own parents. Uh, it's not. I, I, of course, that's not always possible. But I think it's very hard for an adopted child to go and face the trauma of a parent who's abandoned you. Hmm? Mm-hmm. If you haven't got the backup of a loving family, right. So what is the best thing, like most issues of abuse, is that it's better if you can get it right with the relationships you have now and then backed up with the strength of their love to go then and find, if you need to, that, that parent. Because you may find somebody who is actually ready to see you and that's great you know mm-hmm. but you may find somebody who rejects you again yeah. and opens the wound even deeper yeah and that is too much and is that is there i mean is that does that double the damage to the child if that if that happens well if there's no support system around to deal with it yes of course and it's amazing i i've seen a woman very old woman with a loads of problems who came to me completely convinced that the problem she had was due to her adoptive parents and if she'd had better parent adoptive parents we'd find and i have a way of testing people so that they discover what is really the cause and then she was flabbergasted to realize actually it was to do with the terrible pain of having been rejected and given away for adoption by the original mother and this had been lingering with her all her life. Gosh. So the sooner one can get families to realize, in fact, the adoption services should really be working on it right from yeah, the beginning. absolutely. Yeah. Of course, if you've been separated from your parents for other reasons, you know, a parent has died, mm-hmm. a lovely mother has died, and there's no one there. Then that will be there will be the the loss of the parent, of course, but it won't be quite as terrible as being uh, rejected and rejected and rejected as that yeah. was abuse, is it? Yeah. One of the things we wanted to ask you about, um, Felicity, was the effects of post-adoption trauma on the adoptee then going on and having, you know, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, a partner. I mean, will they ever 
be able to hold down successful relationships if they haven't had video interaction guidance or other therapies yeah other therapies you know will, will they well there's always hope um uh, one must never to be too deterministic right yeah. <laughs> even in my view which tends yeah. to be that way um if for instance a girl meets a very nice securely attached loving boy or, p- or partner maybe the same sex mm-hmm. then that person has a chance through that relationship to heal the wound okay. because that relation in a way would be a bit like video interaction guidance it's a very loving attuned sensitive person who takes on board in unconscious or conscious way that this is a wounded person i adore and love and want to help that's possible but it isn't as it doesn't happen that often so mm. it's better to try and get some help and in fact if you have that background and you've fallen in love with somebody you like you think is great but you feel all this insecurity about the relationship then you can go and do video interaction guidance with that person oh okay right I mean, if people are listening and they're thinking, I've never heard this term, and I yes. have to admit I haven't, um, do they go to the GP? Do they do they well, Google nice or what? It would be good. Do you have a website? Yes, we do. Well, I think, put it on, I will give you the details, and you put video interaction guidance on the website, and then you can go on the website, and it gives you a exp- little cartoon sort of explanation of how it works, okay. you know, a nice uh, drawing. And then you can find in your area what uh, what therapists there are. And they may be within the the you know NHS system, but they may not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go from there. Many it's a very new, and GPs mm. don't often know about it. And it is uh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. It's great to offer some, some you know our listeners something different and new. Oh, I do think it's uh, worth it uh, because yeah. otherwise it's such a nightmare for the parents and for the young ones. Yeah. And they don't know, and both feel that they're to blame, so it gets yeah. worse and worse. Yeah. Now, one thing we often talk about on the parents' show, Felicity, is um, the use of the internet and Facebook and that kind of thing. And and stories that I know personally are where children and adopted adopted children and young people are finding birth families through Facebook, and you know maybe not at the time that was potentially best for them. Yeah. Do you have any comments or thoughts you could share with listeners about that? You know, should we? How do we stop that happening, or can we not stop it? Unfortunately, I don't think you can stop it. I think that what you can do is to, uh, when when people adopt children, and adopted children can be helped to have guidance in, especially when they're teenagers, to how and say, okay, you will there be a wish for you to discover your parent. And that makes a lot of sense. And you may find them on the Internet. But if, if you do, first make sure that you're strong enough to take on board whatever mm. they're going to give you, because it might be very painful. Yeah. If you have a loving friendship and you have a loving family, if you have somebody who is there for you, a therapist, for instance, that's fine. Then you go. But if you're all alone and feeling that life is really hard and very, very difficult... Don't do it then. Leave it for when you're ready to do it. Mm. Yeah. And because it, it can be terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is depression one of the of sort course. of outpourings? Of of, yeah. Depression, 
all the ADHD, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, very severe anxiety, obsession, all these various, they're all manifestations of something that's not working well in terms of your relationships with others. Mm. Because basically the attachment system is what gives us the oxygen of life. It's through getting on with other people that we feel strength and love and energy and so on. Trauma really is blocking that. Right. Because we do it through our relationship to others. And if that capacity to relate to others, this attunement magic, Mm -hmm. is not working through trauma, then you have very serious problems in different ways. But the basis is very simple in a way. Right. And uh, that is why some people, you know, with trauma, they relive things round and round, go round and round in their heads. But that's because really they've become closed off from the outside, from the world that, go, you know, they're no longer living with others. They're living in their own world. Mm. And this happens a lot in adolescence, of course, because adolescence is a big time of change and hormones and, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, issues. And so it's time when you really need the support of others. And Felicity, just one one last question before we let you go. Does, if an adopt, a child who's been adopted then goes on to have her or his own children... Does that change the dynamic at all, or does it does it improve things? Again, it will depend on the partner. If the partner is caring, that might be okay, but there will be a tendency, a vulnerability, because unfortunately the trauma is handed down the generations in a way. Um, if you have been, if you've had bad things happen to you, Having children, and you haven't resolved any of things through the different methods I've just mentioned, and you then have children yourself, you may then relive that experience through your child. And, and extraordinary things happen, like people who've been abandoned then go and abandon their kids. It's the last thing they wanted to do. But because at that point when the child grows to the age they were, something terrible has happened to them which they've never dealt with, then that is reenacted. And on top of that, we've now found... Are you with me? Yes, we yes, are, we're, we're just yeah. listening. Uh, on top of that, they've now found this epigenetic evidence that trauma is transmitted through mums to their children. Epigenetic by meaning that though the DNA is not changed, the... Uh, mother transmits a vulnerability to traumatization later in life when she has herself had the symptoms of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder trauma. So that makes it even greater importance that people with this vulnerability should be treated. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, it is very, if you have some, if you have a history of adoption and you haven't had anybody to help you with it and you feel very vulnerable, go to, go and get some help immediately with your baby because that baby and your love of that baby will be what will make you use the video interaction guidance better than anybody else and get and heal your trauma and prevent the trauma in your baby. Mm. Dr. Felicity, thank you so much for sharing your um, 
you know, experience, knowledge, new research with us, and I'm sure you have helped many local families today. Well, I hope so. Do people, do, I, I really bring this message of hope. I Thank learned you. about video interaction guidance in Mexico when yeah. I was were dealing with children from the streets. Right. And I prescribed it on the basis that I thought this is what they needed from having just seen one presentation of it. Mm-hmm. We went back six months later, and these were very traumatized families with drug issues and violence. And it was amazing. These yeah. families were happy, functioning, and their kids were doing well. The video interaction guidance has got some magic about it. Sounds great. It's lovely to have a, a positive, optimistic mm. story to, to tell our parents. Okay, well, bless you all then. Thanks a million, Thank Dr. you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, all the best. And we're now going to speak to uh, Zara Phillips, who we're speaking to, and Zara's based in New Jersey in, in America. Zara, evening. Are you there? I am here, yes. Thank you very much for joining us live on The Parent Show. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, speaking to us in, in the UK. Zara, were you able to listen to Felicity before? I got, yes, I was able to listen to some of her. It was really oh, interesting. Okay, great. And we're going to be talking about sort of similar stuff with you, but the difference for you, Zara, is that you've actually lived through some of this process, haven't you, that Felicity's been yes. talking about. Tell us to start with about um, your book, Mother Me, which was published in, in America and the UK. Just very briefly, well, would I, you? you know... And we're returning to the issue of trauma linked to adoption on this edition of The Parent Show at Radio Verulam. Even though I had searched for my birth mother and met her before I had my children and done some work in therapy around my adoption issues, it wasn't really until I got pregnant with my first child that that the impact and the trauma really hit me. Right. Which was weird for me because I already knew my birth mother and... But it was very, very intense, and that's really how the book came about, was after I'd had my children, I really began to want to know, especially my first, Mm. was it just me? You know, was I completely crazy, or did other adoptees have this same experience? Yeah. And so I started interviewing. At first, I was just going to interview adoptees and have the book you know written that way yes and then i ended up expanding but i was sort of relieved to find that so many of us have this commonality Is where it... things really hit us during the pregnancies right oh, okay i mean um some people and i've heard it said and i've had it said to me that you know some uh behaviors of teenage adoptees they're just teenage behaviors you know why are you making a fuss i guess you wouldn't go along that line would you then well, I, I wouldn't, because I do, we just have another layer. You yeah. know, like I say to people, if you don't know who your mother is when you're a teenager and you don't know your story, which, you know, in the 60s when I was adopted, you know, I'm from the closed adoption, which many, many of us are, we have no story. So all you have is your imagination. And when you're a kid, your imagination doesn't really tell you great things. It usually tells you it was something terrible. And so teenage years are hard enough, obviously, about, you know, we don't know what... It's like we don't even know what we look like. Mm. You know, I had no mother Mm. to look at. I didn't know, am I pretty? Am I not pretty? Am I this? Am I that? Um, And I think more of an understanding as a teenager 
of why did my mother give me away? It must be because there's something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, it's taken me many years to understand as an adult, but there's, you know, it's the child, the baby within. Yeah. Because you made a documentary, didn't you, called Roots Unknown? Yeah. Is that helpful? Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, is that helpful to adoptive parents? Um, I think it is. It seems to be. Um, Basically, Roots Unknown was uh, when I moved uh, to New Jersey, I met a great group of people in in a support group that I've been going to. And um, I wanted to interview adult adoptees because so many people think of us as babies. You know, they talk about, oh, you're you're an adopted child. You Mm. know, and I stand before them saying actually I'm an adult Mm. but people just automatically call us children and I wanted to interview adult adoptees to really talk about the lifelong impact of being adopted that it doesn't just go away when we're little so that's basically the and their spouses you know she was talking about relationships um, the speaker before and um so I interviewed um, adoptee spouses as well. Yeah. You know, what is it like being married to an adoptee? What is it like when we find our birth parents and you suddenly realize that your children have other grandparents? Yes. You know, and how that affects the whole family. If people want so to... So it has been used a lot, which is great. I'm really happy that the film has been used, you know, as a teaching tool. Is it, is it around now on the internet if people wanted to find it, Zara? Yes, on my website. Oh, okay, um, on your website. Ev- yeah, yeah. everythingzara.org. Okay. Can I ask you, what about yes. um, adoptive parents? And Felicity talked about this a little bit, you know, who mm. either um, can't, they just can't bear to, to actually see that things are mess- maybe wrong or they haven't been educated to know about attachment disorder. Well, yeah. You know, Very have you got common. any thoughts there? How, how might you... I have a lot of thoughts. Please, share, share <laughs> something with us. Thought. I will share something. I mean, I was raised by an adoptive, adopted parents that never talked about adoption. Mm. And we, you know, very rarely did we ever talk about it. But I knew it was a subject I could not talk about because it upset my mother. Yeah. So you learn very early on as a kid. You know you don't want to be abandoned again. Right. So you're going you're gonna to make sure you're kept when you're adopted. And as I got older and even when I searched, I didn't tell my adopted parents for two years because I was so worried about, well, I used to think I was worried about their feelings. I was really worried they were going to reject me, right. even as an adult. And over the years, as I've met more and more adopted parents, what I realized, and with my mother too, and I had to say, Mom, you are my mother. My birth mother is never going to replace you in that way. Mm. But it's something I have have to do to make myself feel complete. Not every adoptee feels that way. That was what I needed to do. Okay. So when I talk to adopted parents, what I say to them, the crazy thing is, when we find, we then feel more connected to our adopted family. Not less connected, more connected. Because I think for me, the, and from what I've heard with other adoptees is, It's very hard to feel connected to anybody when you don't have your story. You know, it's like starting a book on chapter two. You Mm. never know what happened in chapter one. Right. And for me, it was when I met my birth mother, I could then appreciate my adopted family in a way that I never had been able to before. And that my mum loved me. 
the best way that she could love me. Mm. And I think the fear is that we're going to abandon our adopted parents. But the truth is, the adoptee, I have the same fear that they're going to, you know, we all have it. In fact, the birth mother adoptee and adopted parents, we actually have very similar stuff. We're all worried about being abandoned. Yeah. So what I always say to them is, I know it's hard, but if you can meet your child in that place of grief and, and help them searching, the relationship's only going to get better, get stronger, than just sort of ignoring that huge piece. Mm. And that's what I think Felicity was talking about too. Like, we need somebody with us. It's the most frightening thing to do is face your past, you know, or who you are. Yeah. I chose to do it without them because I knew that they couldn't handle it. I don't recommend people do that. You know, because it's lonely doing it that way. But, you know, at, at the time, I felt that my mother was not able, you know, and she never met my birth mother. So it's, it's really, I think, all about fear and what's going on with the adopted parent. And I think the only thing we can all do is we all have to heal our own grief. The adopted parent has to, if they, you know, adopted because of infertility, they need to really heal that. Adoption doesn't cure infertility. Right. You're still an infertile woman, and I think sometimes that's the fear that they're not, you know, I know with my mum you're not not good enough, not as good as, because I couldn't have a baby. Like, my mum admitted that to me eventually, which is just heartbreaking. Mm. So, you know, it's very complicated. We, all three women, if you like, you know, all three of us had our all our pain. And we each want every, we each want the other person to fix it, and it just doesn't work like that. Sadly, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly painful, isn't it? The entire process oh, there, and it's yeah. very hard to to listen to because everybody's you want it to be right for everybody in the in the whole yes. relationship, don't you? But um, you and do, and it's grief. To me, it's all about. The grief is not acknowledged. There's so much emphasis on Happy Adoption Day. I struggle with that. And I know why they're doing it, because they want it to be special for the baby and the adopted family. But adoption is formed from loss. There is no way around that. It starts with loss. And I I just know for myself, a lot of my acting out as a teenager was I had so much grief, and I felt... I couldn't express that because I should be grateful. Yeah. But, you, I mean, you can't make somebody feel something that they don't feel, you know. You, even if Absolutely. rationally you think you should be grateful, if you're, you know, if you don't feel it in your heart, you don't, I suppose. Because people say that to adoptees, how lucky you are, how lucky you are. And I think for me, you know, the great part is because I've worked so much on the grief is now I can be grateful. But it's very hard to feel that when you're in so much pain. So one of your pieces of advice, I guess, would be for the adoptive uh, family and the people, you know, in that sort of wider family to not make comments like, you know, do you realise how lucky you are to have been adopted in this family and you should be grateful? That's not helpful, is it? It's not helpful. No. You know, I want to say to people, I would wish being on ad- adopted on anybody. No. You really want to know what it feels like. Yeah. It's not a great feeling. So it is, it's, 
you know, and I know that people say it meaning well. Oh, you know, you were chosen. But I was unchosen first. Yeah, yeah, that's... So it's so, it's very complicated. And I think people come at it because they mean well. But, yes. but, you know, if your mother had died, somebody would say, I'm so sorry that your mother died. Yeah. Nobody says to an adoptee, I'm so sorry that you lost your entire family. Yeah. Nobody says that to you. So it's very conflicting, and I mm. think, you know, that's, for me, took years to figure out and find our voice. Finding our voice, because I think many of us stay very silent. I know I did for years. And do you think, Sarah, after, I mean, acknowledging the pain, acknowledging the loss and the grief is mm-hmm. obviously critical, and, and I can totally understand why you can't move on, but do you feel that when that's acknowledged and when everybody kind of shares the grief that there is there is a hope to heal that wound as we were speaking to with felicity earlier yeah i do i do i mean you know i don't think for an adoptee for myself that it will ever be fully healed in the sense because i still have missing pieces but i i have a great life i have a full life i experience a lot of joy and a lot of love with my children and with my family now but it has taken me a long time to get to this place but there's absolutely hope i think adopted people are real fighters and you know that there is always hope we just have to keep looking at ourselves and 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 going you know what we just have a different kind of format in our family it's just a different you know uh, i can't think of the word but there are many families now that are different yeah, yeah, of course. The norm. Of yeah. course, there is. And we can love more than one mother. The way a mother can love more than one child, we can love everybody. There's no shortage of love, and I think that's the fear too. Mm. Of course, you'd. I mean, you'd love each parent in a different way, just like um, like you say, like a mother yeah. loves each each child differently. Yeah. And do you think Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Do you think how how common is it for? adopt children who've been adopted to push away their parents like that i mean to do you think it's out of you you talked about the fear of rejection i mean how common is that as a reaction to push away the adopted parents yeah do you mean yes well i think it is i think it is very common and i and what i learned you know i can't really speak for everybody else i mean i've heard other adoptees talk like that but what i really realized for myself was when I became a mother and I felt that connection with my baby, I realized I'd never had that with anybody else before. Like, I'd never Mm. allowed my mother to attach like that to me. So I think that the mother, the adoptive mother, comes with so much love and just, you know, will love that baby as if it's their own. I absolutely believe that. But I think... That it's very hard well i know it's very hard for me and i've heard others as babies to reciprocate that because by the time i got to my adoptive mother i'd been left in a hospital for a week i'd been fostered for almost two months and then i was with my adoptive mother and from becoming a mother and having a baby i began to understand you know six weeks eight weeks a baby absolutely is connected to the mother 
And I think that is the issue. And then you blame yourself. Like, I blame myself. What's wrong with me? Why can't I connect the way she wants me to? And I think the adopted, you know, parents can feel very frustrated because they're not really told that. That's right. You know, they're not told. They're literally, you know, I was was adopted in the 60s. My mother was told, take the baby home, love it as if it's your own, and it will never feel any different. Mm. So everybody, you know, there's a lot of untruths being told. Sarah, sadly, we have to wrap it up there. Our time is up here. But we uh-huh. just want to thank you so much for sharing such you know, a personal story. It's wonderful to talk to you, Zara. Thanks for joining thank us on so the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really uh, appreciate thank it. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.